All right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to 2 Kings chapter number 4. 2 Kings chapter number 4. As you're turning there, uh, I, was, I had asked Brother, Brother Tannis to teach, and uh, I'm gonna start, he's going to start teaching for at least for a little bit, a series of lessons on, uh, in the adult Sunday school class, and then he ended up getting sick this week. And so, uh, poor fellow, pray for him. And, uh, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue in our series as far as Elisha goes. And, uh, but uh, he will, Lord willing, if he's feeling better, and I hopefully I believe he will be, uh, he'll be teaching next week, and we'll look forward to that. And uh, and so it, it's always good to have uh, sometimes a different perspective, a different voice, a different uh, look at things, and that's always a good thing. And so Second uh, Kings chapter number four and verse number eight, as we continue on Elisha, uh, we're going to look at the chamber uh, that was made. Second Kings four, um, and and as we think about this passage, Elisha's life and work is about as varied as they come. In other words, it's all kinds of different things that he does. If you think about it, he was mocked and ridiculed by that group of uh, people, the young people just outside of uh, Jericho. I think it was. It wasn't Jericho. I forget what town it was now, but uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about, how he was mocked, and those she-bears came out of the woods and, and killed them all. Then the next thing you know, uh, he's, he's sought by the three kings. He kind of goes out uh, with all of the, uh, the hosts that went out to war, and, uh, and those three kings say, hey, isn't there not a man of God? And then the next thing you know, they're looking for Elisha and talking with Elisha. And then immediately after that, uh, Elisha is then goes from dealing with three kings to dealing with a poor widow woman uh, whose husband is associated with the sons of the prophets. And so we don't know if he studied there or taught there or ministered there or what exactly his involvement was. But nonetheless, she was a, a, a widow woman who was destitute and in great need. And uh, now in 1 Kings chapter 4, uh, he's going to be dealing with a, a Shunammite woman uh, that's married. And there's a great contrast, really, between these two women that he's ministering to, between the widow woman. And, and look with me in 2 Kings chapter number 4 and verse number 8. We'll pick up the, the story there. The Bible says, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunam, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. Let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for the privilege that we have to gather around your word. God, I pray that you would use me. God, I pray that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would uh, uh, just... Uh, Touch each and every heart, Father, as only you can. God, I pray that we'd be edified. I pray that we would be encouraged, God, uh, by looking into your word and learning from Elisha and the ministry and uh, the Shunammite woman, Father. And God will certainly thank you for that. And we'll give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. 
As we look at this passage, uh, I do want you to notice the con- we notice immediately the contrast between the widow woman with whom Elisha worked uh, prior, and then this this woman uh, of Shun- the Shunammite woman. And uh, you notice there in verse number eight, it says uh, there was a great woman. Boy, you notice that the widow woman she was poor and destitute and really had nothing in her house. And now Elisha goes to a a, a woman that is very well off and uh, and not poor and not uh, she does have a lot of things and a lot of possessions and not only that but this lady is married and her husband's alive and the, the widow woman obviously her husband had passed away and so that's a great contrast and uh, we note this we'll find later in our text that she is not able to have children and so that's a great contrast because the widow woman had several children and so there's several differences that we notice uh, the the widow woman came to Elisha for help because she was destitute. She had nothing. Um, where this, this woman, the Shunammite woman, came to Elisha to be a blessing and to help Elisha. And so there's just a great contrast between those two. And, and sometimes it's just interesting to note the differences that we see as we go through the Bible. And sometimes just by way of study, just by way of learning, just by way of uh, reading the Word of God, sometimes when you read it, it's just good to read a passage and note down observations that you read. Uh, and observe some things and understand it will will come into play and it will help you understand uh, these passages a little bit better. And uh, Elisha, through all these various places of service, has been faithful. That's one thing that you can note about Elijah's character. He's always been faithful, whether he's working with kings, uh, three kings, he is faithful to declare the word of God. Whether he's working with a widow woman, he's faithful to declare the word of God. Whether he's working with a Shunammite uh, that is well off, uh, Elisha has been faithful. And, uh, and we notice that, that Elisha's character uh, is a, a, of great character. And, uh, and it's interesting as we look at this that uh, the Shunammite lady uh, wanted to make uh, Elisha a little chamber. I love the words that it uses. Matter of fact, if you think about it, you may or may not know this, but that's where we get the term prophet's chamber today. And uh, you say, prophet's chamber, what is that? You may not know what it is, uh, but I do because I traveled a lot and I've stayed in a lot of prophet's chambers. What is a prophet's chamber? A prophet's chamber really comes from this passage and it is a place for a pastor, a missionary, a preacher to be able to stay in. And many times churches will have just a room off to the side and, and you know it's set up just about like this. There's a bed, there's a table, there's a candlestick and, 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 a, and a stool so that you can sit down and, and you can rest and sleep and you can get up and study and then you can keep traveling and as a missionary I stayed in many of them sometimes they're in churches sometimes they're in people's homes uh, but nonetheless it's considered a prophet's chamber and um, they've always been a blessing to me uh, and they don't have to be fancy but they in my opinion they should be comfortable and they should be private and they should be clean those are usually the three things uh, that, that you look for in a prophet's chamber, you know, and uh, and so uh, just find it interesting noting that and that in this passage, this is uh, what she did. And I want us to notice a few things uh, about this ministry and about the, the Shunammite. Uh, I will call her the Shunammite. We don't have her name. It's not given to us. She was from Shunammite.
Shunem, and so we'll just call her the Shunemite, all right? So if I'm referring to the Shunemite, I'm referring to the lady there uh, in our text. And we find the philanthropy of the Shunemite. Now, I had to look that word up. And I, don't, I, I thought philanthropy, I thought that was, had to do with reasoning. But philanthropy uh, is the desire to promote the welfare of others. The desire to promote the welfare of others. And, uh, and as we look at our text, Shunem was located on a road that Elisha obviously traveled quite a bit. He was back and forth between, uh, between places, and he would go to Mount Carmel, he'd go to Jezreel, he'd go to the school of the prophets, and so it became apparent, at least from our text, that he passed by this way quite frequently. And, and this Shunammite lady noticed that he would pass by and took notice uh, of his traveling. And, and I want you to think about this. In Bible times, when you traveled, uh, you didn't just pull through McDonald's drive-through and order a Big Mac and fries and a shake. I mean, it just didn't work like that. Uh, and you got to imagine, well, what did they do? Uh, well, I would imagine many times they would carry most of their provision with them. Therefore, they would usually bring an animal uh, that would carry it with them. Now, Elisha, maybe if he was just doing a day travel, probably did not have uh, uh, an animal with him. Maybe he had a day pack that would carry his lunch and carry the things that he would need. We don't know exactly. But, uh, but many times in Bible times as they traveled, uh, they would, if they did have to stop, uh, I'm thinking of several stories in the Bible. One of the Old Testament stories is the fellow was traveling through and he was going to camp just outside of the city and this takes place, in, takes place in Genesis. And the man said, no, don't stay out there just outside of Sodom and Gomorrah. You remember that story. Um, and, and, and you think that he said, don't stay out in the city. That's dangerous. And sometimes it was dangerous to camp outside uh, wherever you would be staying along your way. And so what he did is he said, hey, why don't you come into my house and stay in my house and I will feed you. And we find that that also was not uncommon. You remember when uh, when. Jacob, I think it was, that sent his uh, servant to get Isaac a wife. And what did he do? He went out and traveled, and, uh, and, and then he met uh, somebody, and, and as she introduced him to the family, the family said, hey, stay at our house. Uh, we'll feed you. We'll take care of you. And that was really uh, kind of common. And if you think, I, I did think of Bible times. I thought of Jesus and Joseph and Mary, and I thought of the inn. It's by, the Bible says it's an innkeeper. Likely, that was just a house. Uh, that maybe he had some spare bedrooms and, and said, hey, you know, we'll, we'll host people. And, uh, and, and, and maybe he had a little restaurant going on. But what I am saying is this, that probably it was, I'm sure of this, it was not like today. You didn't just go rent a room, stay a night, go to a restaurant, eat a meal. Uh, it was very different. And so travel would be, uh, very, would be very much so different than it is today. And this woman felt a, a desire to help and to promote the welfare of Elisha, the man of God. And I want you to notice in verse number eight as we read it, and it fell upon and it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and uh, and it was an opportunity. Uh, in other words, that, that woman had recognized, hey, this is a man of God, and he travels by here, and, and really, opportunity opened up for her. And usually, I've read this quote this week, uh, the reason some people don't recognize opportunity is that it usually comes disguised 
as hard work. Boy, there's a lot of truth to that. We, we see something, we say, there's an opportunity there. Man, I don't want to invest the time and energy and, and be able to do those things. And so uh, you're like, ah, I can't do that. And so uh, we find that, that, that opportunity usually comes as hard work. And even this lady, the Shunammite, inviting Elisha into her home meant preparing. Now, listen, she didn't just go to the shelf and pull out her box mix and, and mix it with everything else. And voila, there was a meal in a half hour. Uh, you remember when the, uh, when the angel came and visited Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament? What did they do? Uh, they, they said, hey, let's, let's prepare a meal. And, and, and rather than uh, just pull off a box mix, I mean, they went and killed the animal. Then, then they butchered it. And then they had to prepare it. And then they had to cook it. And you could imagine that, that even just fixing a meal was a time-consuming thing. And it was a, a lot of work and investment. And here this lady is opening her doors to feed uh, the prophet of God, Elisha, as he passes by. And, uh, and I thought of this as well. Opportunity often does not come at the right time. Uh, we must be flexible and make time for the opportunity. Well, that's true, too. Uh, not always is opportunity just, well, it was, it was easy uh, and, and therefore I did it. Hey, most of the time, opportunity uh, does include work and sometimes it requires us to change and flex our schedule or flex what our plans were uh, and be able to roll with whatever opportunity comes. And, uh, and so as we think about her stewardship, uh, that, that she used her time and she used her talents and she used her treasure uh, for the man of God. And she took the opportunity that did come her way and, uh, and used it uh, to bless Elisha. And we find not only her stewardship, I want you to notice this, her sincerity. Look with me in verse number eight. And it, and it fell upon a day, and it fell on a day, I keep saying upon, and it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and look at what it says, and she constrained him to eat bread. And uh, she constrained him. There was a lot of sincerity in that. In other words, uh, she said, Elisha, hey, I, I, I've got food and I, I'd like you to come by my house and I, I'd like for you to eat. And, uh, and he's like, no, 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 I'm on my way and I, I don't want to be a burden to you. And, and she said, no, 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 I insist you come to my house and I want you uh, and I'm going to feed you. And, uh, and we see her sincerity as she just would not relent and she would not give up and she would not allow Elisha to leave, but rather constrained him. And, uh, and he really was not given the opportunity to turn it down. Uh, I mean, she had persuasive skills, and I don't know what those were. Uh, maybe she had the bread and, and waved it in front of his nose. I don't know. Uh, but I know this, that, hey, whatever the, the persuasive means, uh, I mean, he came and, uh, and, and no was really not an option. And we see that here. And she was sincere. Listen, she wanted, uh, she wanted to be a blessing to Elisha. Uh, she wanted to be able to contribute to the man of God. She wanted to do these things. And she was very sincere about that. As I thought about her sincerity, and uh, boy, I thought of this verse. The Lord reminded me of this verse. The Bible says in James 5.16, the latter part, it says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Sometimes we, we've got to be, uh, we've got to constrain. 
the Lord with some stuff. And I don't say that in a bad way, not that we're in control of God, but hey, that we would be effective. We would be fervent in our prayers, in praying for things. Uh, you remember when Jesus was on the, uh, the Emmaus Road and, and he was walking with his disciples. And the Bible says it's kind of an amazing passage. This is after the resurrection and Jesus is walking with his disciples. And the Bible says that their eyes were holding that they should not know him. In other words, they didn't recognize him as the Christ. But as he talked with them, uh, eventually, I can't remember if he revealed it right there on the road, but I do know it says this, and he made as though he would go a little further. In other words, they're like, hey, we're, we're heading this way to go to this town. And, and Jesus said, hey, I'm, I'm going to continue on. And the Bible says, and they constrained him to go with him. In other words, they pressed him. They said, no, 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 listen, we, we really want to hear more. I mean, you've really taught us a lot, and, and we're really interested in all of this that you're saying. And, and they, they pressed Jesus to continue with him, and, and he did. And listen, the, sometimes our sincerity comes across in, in our pressing and our constraining and, and how uh, fervent we are and maybe our prayers or maybe in the things that we do and we see that this Shunammite lady was very persistent and uh, and and she was sincere in desiring to help Elisha and we see the philanthropy of the Shunammite but I want you to notice this as well the perception of the Shunammite look at verse 9 and 10 the Bible says and she said unto her husband Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God which passeth by us continually. In her, in her conversation with her husband, uh, there were some things that the Shunammite points out. And the first thing that we notice there in verse number 9, she says, I perceive that this is an holy man of God. And, uh, and we see the character of the prophet. It was so obvious uh, that Elisha was a prophet, uh, but, but he stood above a mark, above the other prophets, uh, in that he was a holy man of God. Uh, listen, there was the school of the prophets there. And so they would see people that were prophets uh, and, and having a prophet in that town uh, maybe was not uncommon or, or was maybe normal. Uh, I get the feeling really in the Bible times there were more prophets than we read about. You remember when Elijah uh, was there and, uh, and, and really he was upset because he said, man, everyone's turned to Baal worship and there's nobody left and I'm the only one. And what did God tell him? God reminded him, hey, there are, uh, I can't remember the exact number, but there, there's a hundred prophets that have not bailed the, uh, the knee to bail. Uh, and, and, and you think about that and you think, well, there was more prophets than were mentioned. Sometimes we think of prophets, we think of Elisha or Elijah as the only one, or Elisha as the only one ministering, or maybe Jeremiah or Ezekiel or Isaiah or some of the names that stick out in our mind, Samuel. Uh, but we find really there were other prophets uh, in Scripture that probably were not named or probably were never given to us or really uh, expounded to us. But I want you to notice that amongst all those other prophets, Elisha stood out as an holy man of God. He was not just a, he was a prophet, 
But the Bible says, hey, he had great character. He loved the Lord. He stood out as a cut above the rest. And there was something notable about his character. And that was not a slight on the rest, but rather the highest compliment that could have been paid to Elisha is that she thought, hey, he is a holy man of God. Listen, a lot of things have been said about could be said about prophets. A lot of things could be said about uh, about different people. Uh, you know, you maybe you could get complimented on being handsome, or maybe you could get complimented on being friendly or charming or uh, or funny or any of these other things. But listen, the highest compliment, and I think that that he could have received is that he was noted as an holy man of God. What a great compliment that she perceived of Elisha. And as we think about that, I, I thought, boy, what do other people think of us? And, and no, we might not all be prophets. We might not all be preachers. We might not all, but listen, we, ought to be, we all ought to be Christians. And when people look at us and they ought to say, you know, that person, maybe we're not perfect, but you know what? I know this, they love the Lord. They go to church. They do this and they do that and, and, and they note stuff about our character when they see us. This, this Shunammite lady had noted the character of Elisha uh, and, and certainly it was a proper analysis that she had of Elisha. Uh, you think about this as far as the character of, of the prophet. Listen, Elisha just wasn't a public show, uh, but, but rather as he would travel. I mean, it became notable. Uh, really, we don't have a whole lot of notable things that Elisha has done. He did not have that, that dynamic public ministry that Elijah had. You remember Elijah was a very public prophet in that his ministry was very open for public show. Not to say that there was nothing behind the scenes because there certainly was. And we've talked about that in the past. But Elisha really was not a national prophet that was on the uh, national news every night at five. All right. He was not that kind of prophet, but yet he was noted for his character. And listen, even in his private life and even in the things that he did, he was noted as an holy man of God. We know this about the Shunammite is that in her perception of Elisha, we know this, that she had good discernment in looking at Elisha. That's very true. Boy, how we need to have good discernment in our life. May we discern between uh, people and may we discern, you know, sometimes people are, are not necessarily good. Uh, my wife has always, I've always thought this about my wife. She's very good about uh, a judge of character. And uh, as we've gone through the years, you know, uh, in ministry and different things here and there, I've always thought my wife is pretty good uh, at being able to judge the character of people. And, and usually if she says, eh, that I'd be careful. Usually later on I find out, oh, she was right. You got to be careful of some things. And listen, we need to we need to be discerning between people. Not everyone uh, is is always good intentioned and not everyone is is doing right. And we ought to have some discernment. This Shunammite lady had discernment about Elisha, not only about people, but about teachings and about influences. Listen, there's a lot of influences that we ought to have discernment in our life and say, you know what, that's probably not a good influence in my life or that's probably not a good teaching in my life 
and we need discernment about, about many things. And, and it's a biblical principle. Matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of James, verses 1 and 5, If thou lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Hey, listen, if we're lacking discernment, if we're lacking uh, the, 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 the wisdom that we need, the Bible's clear. We can go to God. We can say, God, I need your help on this. Listen, I find myself daily at the throne saying, God, I need wisdom on this situation. I need discernment on this situation. I need to know how to act or how to instruct or what decision to make on this, this situation. And you know what? If we go to God and we ask God, the Bible says he giveth to all men liberally. You know, God's not stingy with wisdom. He's not stingy with discernment. And, and we ought to go to him and we ought to ask and we ought to have discernment in our life. We find the character. Her, uh, of this prophet uh, was discerned by this Shunammite woman. Not only the character, but I want you to notice the need of a, a chamber as well. This Shunammite woman noticed that uh, it would be helpful to Elisha to have a place to stay. And she said, you know what? Elisha travels back and th forth through here. And, uh, and she thought, I, I, want to, I want to help him. And I want you to notice in verse number, verse number 10, it says this, let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. We find her generosity. And listen, she, she was uh, looking at the needs of Elisha, and she thought, man, we can do this. We can, we can make a little, uh, a little room on the wall and, uh, and make it on the outside and make it so he has his own entrance and he can leave. And, and this is something that we can do to be a blessing to Elisha. And so she did that. They, uh, she was talking with her husband and put it all together. And I think, what generosity that she had as she, she uh, looked at the need that Elisha had. And she would offer this at her own expense to be able to do all of these things. Not only this, but the thoughtfulness that she put into it. I love the detail in the Word of God. And he says there in verse number 10, it says, uh, and let us put uh, set there for him there a bed so he could sleep at night, a table so that he could eat, so that he could study, so that he could maybe lay out some scrolls and read them, a stool so that he didn't have to stand the whole time, he could sit, and then a candlestick because perchance he'd come in late or, or would need to stay up and study or have some light in his room. And, uh, and, and basically, uh, they thought of everything and really provided for him. And, uh, and what, a, what a wonderful uh, thing that this Shunammite did as she perceived all of the needs that he would have and, and the fact that he would even need a place to stay. But I want you to notice this because some people think, well, the Shunammite woman was a, a pushy woman and, uh, and she was in charge of her house. Look with me right there in verse number 10. Uh, verse 9 clarifies that she's talking to her husband. Jump down to verse 10. It says, let us make a little chamber, I pray thee. And, uh, and so she's asking, she's saying, hey, what if we did this? And what if we made a, a little thing? She perceived those things. And listen, uh, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes women and sometimes ladies are far better at perceiving things than guys are. Sometimes, that's appropriate, amen. Sometimes, and I'll be the first 
Maybe, and all the rest of the guys are like, shoot me death glares. Maybe you're more perceptive than I am, but I, I'm just not sometimes. I mean, sometimes, man, you can beat around the bush and beat around the bush and beat around the bush. And I'm just like, well, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know what you're talking about. And, and, and sometimes we just don't perceive. But here, uh, this Shunammite woman was perceptive. And, and she said, hey, you know, this is this. And she, she goes to her husband and says, hey, I've noticed this man of God. I've noticed the need. I've noticed that we can be of help. I've noticed, you know, it wouldn't be much for us to build a room and, and have a place for him to stay. And, and so they go about and they do that. And we find that her request uh, there to her husband was all in good order. And everything was good as we look at the perception of this Shunammite woman. We see the philanthropy of the Shunammite woman. We look at the, um, the perception of the Shunammite woman. Then I want you to notice this as well, the pay of the Shunammite woman. Look with me in verse number 11, and, uh, and we'll forsake a time. Well, well, I'll read it really quick. It says in verse number 11, and it fell on a day. Isn't that interesting? Because in verse 8 it says, and it fell on a day. And it fell on a day, that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber, and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, that's the first mention of Gehazi with Elisha, call this Shunammite, and when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, say now unto her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care, what is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for the king, or to be, to be captain or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. Let me just stop right here and say this uh, as we look at this. Uh, Elisha has been enjoying the benefits of this house, of this, this, this prophet's chamber, a place to stay. And Gehazi, his servant, is there with him. And, and, and he's there one night and he's starting to think, you know, this has been a real blessing. And God puts it on his heart, hey, I want to be a blessing to this Shunammite woman. She didn't ask anything of him. She never requested anything. The only thing she requested is, hey, you come and eat my house. Hey, you come and stay at my house. She requested to be a blessing to Elisha, but she's never mentioned anything that she wants. And so Elisha starts thinking, hey, what, what can we do to be a blessing to this Shunammite woman? Because she's been a blessing. And so he says, maybe we can talk to the king for her. Uh, after all, I've, I've been to the king. I know who he is. And, and maybe I can talk to the captain of the guard and, and talk to, to them and and we see the response of the Shunammite woman. It's like, I don't need anything. You know, I live amongst my own people. I don't have enemies. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm living in my land. I'm comfortable. Everything's good. I don't really need anything. Continue in verse number 14. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily, she hath no child and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when, she ha when he had called her, she stood in the door, and he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto, unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And we find that, uh, that, that the pay of the Shunammite. And note this, uh, I want you to note this, the insistence for the pay. Elisha was like, listen, we've, you have been a blessing to us. We kind of commented on that. 
And, and he had been enjoying the blessings. He had been staying there. and He had been fed. And, 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 and listen, as she had been insistent upon him uh, coming and eating, and as she had been insistent upon making this room and, and him staying there, and, and upon all of that, Elisha turns around and says, Man, I insist that we too be a blessing to you. And so he looks for that, that way that he could be a blessing, the way that he could perhaps uh, pay back, if I could say it that way. And, and, and listen, we need to get the idea that blessings are always monetary. Uh, I don't know why we have that in our mind. That's, not, that's so far from the truth. There's so many ways to be blessed that are not financial, that are not monetary, uh, but rather other ways. And, uh, and we look at this Shunammite woman, and, and she did not have a child. And children are a blessing from God. Uh, some, I, I, today, I think many people, uh, not, not in our church, but I think many people in society today think that children are not a blessing, but rather uh, a curse. Many of them think that. And this whole idea with abortion and all of that, and, and praise the Lord that that's uh, been changed and, and, and you know, heading the right direction. And I know it's not illegal across the, uh, America, but, but, uh, but I'm just saying that there had been a change in it. And I'm just saying people just think, oh, children are, are a curse. They're not a curse. They're a blessing. The Bible says it in Psalm 127.3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the loom, womb is His reward. Man, I always say that wrong. Fruit of the loom, that's the worst thing. <laughs> fruit of the womb is His reward. And, and that's true. God, God blesses houses and, and people with children and and listen, barrenness was a real problem in Bible times. And, and I need to say this because it's very clear in the Bible that, that barrenness does not mean that people are sinners. You look at this, 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 uh, this Shunammite woman, very good woman, a very wonderful, pleasant person that was godly and cared about the man of God. And, 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 and she was not a, a wicked person. There's many people in the Bible that were barren and, and it just happened. It was a, a thing, it was a problem. And listen, it is today. It does not always mean that uh, there's sinners or, or other things. There's many reasons and many causes for that. And so it does not mean that somebody is not godly or somebody is not right with God and, and all of that. Uh, but, but for whatever reason, this lady was barren. And, uh, and we see that Elisha's uh, request to God for her was, hey, hey, let's give her a child. Not that Elisha could do that, but God can. And, and we find that indeed God did and God blessed and God provided. And, and what a blessing to this uh, Shunammite. And, and as I look at this and I think about this passage, the Lord brought this verse to my mind. Uh, as we look at it, the whole thing, uh, we quote this verse often. The Bible says in Matthew 6, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you look at this, boy, that really plays out in the Shunammite's life. She, she wasn't seeking after uh, a child. She, uh, I don't know the story. We don't know the background. But I do know this. She was seeking to uh, take care of the man of God. She was seeking God. 
She was interested in godly things. She was interested in being a blessing and using what she did have for God's glory and for God's honor. And, and because of all of that, we find, hey, God did bless her with something that she, she was interested in. And we find the provision and how God really took care of her. And sometimes we need to be content with what we have and who we are. And we need to worry about seeking God as our first priority. So many times we get wrapped up in seeking everything else. And listen, I can be just as guilty as anyone else. Uh, we get busy in seeking this or seeking what we desire. And listen, we ought to be seeking the Lord. Boy, this Shunammite lady... She was seeking God. She was seeking how to be a blessing. She didn't ask nothing of Elisha. She wasn't interested in, in receiving. She was interested in giving. She was interested in being a blessing. And we find at the end that God turned around and blessed her tremendously. May our motive in our life be, hey, to truly seek to be a blessing to God, seek to be used of God, seek, to, uh, seek after God in our lives. And sometimes people get confused and they seek just because they want something from God. May that not be our case. May not, that not be where we're at in our life. We find that this Shunammite lady was a real blessing to the man of God. We find that she was uh, a blessing to Elisha and that God blessed her greatly because of her giving and because of her life. In, in serving the Lord. As we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, what a blessing to serve the Lord. What a blessing that we could serve God in our life. Father, I thank you just for your goodness to us. God, we thank you for the Shunammite lady. God, her desire to serve you. And God, how you blessed her greatly. God, I pray that you would Help us, help our motive to be that of service. Help our desire to be that of God serving you. God will certainly thank you for that. God, I pray that you would just bless, encourage, strengthen each and every person. And God, we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we have our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we'll have a short hymn of invitation. Maybe God's spoken to your heart. The altar's open. Maybe you just want to pray there in your seat. Maybe you want to say, God, help me to seek to serve you. Whatever the need.